0: Welcome to the D Shift podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D Shift podcast. And today we have a true expert on the show. Uh, I would like to introduce you to Dr. Janet. Williams, and she is an amazing human being. Listen to this. She is a licensed physician, surgeon, and a board-certified gynecologist based in Los Angeles. Dr. Williams is also a certified life coach and hypnotist, and hypnotist, helping midlife women overcome trauma, heartbreak, divorce, changes in libido, and menopause symptoms. So, hey, that about sums up my life. I'll tell you <laughs> right there. So, Dr. Williams, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: thanks so much for having me it 's great to be here
0: and and like i say i 'm so excited when we have real true experts. Not that all my guests aren 't experts in their own uh, avenue, but we haven 't had anybody come on um, as a medical doctor to talk about some of these things, so I think that 's really fantastic. What got you into this into medicine in general and then into this very particular Um, area of helping uh, women deal with midlife stuff.
1: Right. So I actually come from a medical family. And so I was around medicine all of my life. But when I decided to go into medicine, I had a really strong interest in women's health issues. Um, And then, you know, once I did my training and got into practice, I started seeing a lot of women coming in around age 40, uh, maybe a little bit before, maybe a little bit after, where they're starting to have problems with their libido. And the difficult thing about that was is I, I heard them, I understood that, um, but I didn't have any real training in that like we didn't get that training in obstetrics and gynecology when I was coming through there just wasn't any information on sexual health and and sexual medicine as we call it now and so that's where my interest was born because it's such a huge area of our lives that definitely deserves um, attention And yet we had no, I had no training on it. And I had gone through, I'd asked my mentors and, you know, the the answers that I got on what to do were really not very hopeful, you know. And so that's how I came into my interest in this area
0: well and and thank you for pointing that out. I have had other doctors on the show not talking about this topic, but saying, you know just generally for women and um, sexual health over forty uh, menopause that that there's still a lot of areas where it 's not really crystal clear what 's going on with our bodies right. and why we 're having some of these these symptoms so um do you see that this is changing? Do you see women are coming in more openly and talking about this with you as a physician? Or
1: Definitely. Um, I'm, and it's, I'm so glad that it is changing. And there's um, a, lo- a lot more research, research now uh, for women um, that's taking place in terms of hormones, in terms of menopause, um, in terms of what we need to do. Um, a few years back, there was a study that came out that scared everybody away from hormones. Um, the Women's Health Initiative and the way that they looked and analyzed the data made us afraid of hormones. Um, And and so what happened at that point is everything kind of shut down. All the doctors were like, we're not giving hormones because it's going to kill you. Um, But what we now know is that that's not necessarily true. And that hormone um, therapy, menopausal hormone therapy, is actually a good option for a lot of people. And so, yes, the, just the short answer is I, I do think that that is changing. There's a lot of things changing in the, our, our opinions around sex and um, around aging that is helping to support that as well.
0: Yeah. And so I really I really like the fact that you talk about and, and one of the things that you work with your clients on or your patients on is um that the impact of just all of the things that can be happening at midlife, especially for the women listening in on this podcast, you may also be dealing with the stress of a divorce on top of everything else. Can you talk a little bit to that and how all of those factors kind of tie into just our overall health at that time, but certainly our, maybe our feeling of how sexy we are and
1: how, how desirable we are? Right. Yeah. So to touch on that a little bit, in terms of our sexual health and wellness, um, when we talk about libido, you know, people are like, I just don't feel like having sex anymore. I don't, my libido shot. I, my mojo is gone. All of these things are basically, we're talking about desire and desire. Um, just like all of the different phases and parts of sexual function, um, is based on something called the biopsychosocial model. So there's biology that's involved, there's psychology that's involved, and then there's the cultural the social cultural factors um, in our world that uh, influence our desire and actually can have an effect on our sexual function. And so you can imagine or you don't have to imagine (laughs) that if you've got divorce going on, you're empty nesting, your body is changing, you might have aging parents, you might be dealing with an illness yourself maybe your partner, um, you might be in a toxic relationship, you might have trauma from a past experience. Um, All of these things are going to influence um, the biology, the psychology and the socio um, cultural experience that we have and can definitely negatively impact our libido. Like who really wants to have sex if you're like, you've got all these things going on. Yeah, Nobody. if you're stressed out. <laughs> you're just and trying to so, get through the day. <laughs> yeah, you're just trying to get through the day. But, you know, having the realization that those things are actually impacting us um, can is re- really empowering because we can resolve some of those issues. We can learn how to manage the stress. We can work through some of our past traumas and get back to a better, more balanced, um, homeostatic place okay. in our mind and body that allows us to then revisit those, um, you know, the the desire and then kind of address the sexual function as a whole. So
0: yeah, and thank you for that. And I think another thing that's kind of maybe obvious, and and maybe I'm being oversimplified here, but if you're, if you're in a relationship with somebody you don't even like anymore, it's perfectly normal, I'm guessing not to have any desire to be sexually active with that individual, right?
1: It is. And you know, there there are different types of motivation for sex. And so, you know, when we always think about like is maybe the femme fatale, you know, maybe the femme fatale like profile has a different motivation for sex than um, someone else. And so, you know, you might have libido with a toxic relationship. But you know, there's a good chance that you won't. If your motivation is connection, if your motivation is mutual attraction and care, um, and you're dealing with a narcissistic blank hole, <laughs> you know what <laughs> you I mean? You can say it. You can okay? say it. <laughs> <laughs> You're dealing with a narcissistic ass, right? Like, you're, you're probably, your motivation is If it's that connection, it's just not going to, it's not going to, like, fuel your desire. Right. Um, On the flip side, if your um, motivation is purely, like, physical or you have some, like, codependent, like, things that are going on underneath the surface, uh, the surface, then you may still have that desire libido there. So sometimes we'll see that with couples who have this toxic back and forth relationship. They're still having sex, but they're getting divorced, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, and, and that's probably where that plays in. You know, the, the, the motivation behind the sex is is not necessarily, you know, a healthy connection.
0: Right. And and that's very true. I mean, I do have clients who are, who are going to stay friends with benefits for a long time because mm-hmm. that's just that's just the nature of their relationship and and yeah. what they I guess what each of them needs. And I'm I'm not a therapist so I can't go that I can't go down that road with them. But what so let me ask you, what is normal change in libido as people age? Like I'm 60, so I'm guessing, you know, it's normal that I'm not as maybe motivated to meet people as i was when i was in my 20s is that like i don't have that you know there isn't that sort of like have to be with a partner and sex is a big part of that you know is that normal as people age to to have a decrease or or when yeah. should it be an alarming thing i guess or so does it, really, is it ever. any
1: anything on the spectrum is normal, and for most people, you have ebbs and flows in sex throughout your lifetime, right? Um, and it's normal if you're you're very sexually active and very interested in sex, um, and it's also normal if you're not, depending on whether or not you're distressed by it. And so, if you are distressed by it, and you're thinking, God. I don't want, you know, like this, I'm missing this. I want this back. Like where, what happened? Why am I not having it? That is a distressing thing. And that is not considered normal. Um, the flip side too, though, I will say is that sometimes we just aren't thinking about sex. Um, but it's not that that means that it's not still an option. You sure. know, if you're not thinking about sex, it's just not like on the, you know, priority list in your mind. That doesn't mean that it's gone. Like It means that you could put some focus to it and get that back. So I like I like to make that, a, that point because one of the things that happens in our culture is um, our culture tells us that, okay, once you hit 50, 55, you're no longer sexy. You're no longer relevant. You stop doing that, you're a grandma, like who do you think you are? All of these all of these things that are in our in our brains and our mind in our subconscious mind. And this is kind of where some of the hypnosis can come into play. But you know, we have this like teaching, these um, negative thoughts about sex and our sexual confidence. Um, you know, even growing up as a young person, you may have been told like it's not okay for a young woman to you know hold herself in this way it's not okay for a grandmother to want to have sex you know like if you're a widow if you're divorced like there's shame that is tied in a lot of times to these like stages and lies or experiences and that can really limit us and maybe a part of the reason why your libido is not there because if your mind tells you okay you're not supposed to do that then you'll be like okay well let me shut it down it's like that's not what I'm supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, so, so that's yeah. that. That's a perfect segue into the next question. Then is how does hypnotherapy or hypnosis fall into assisting women if they are struggling uh, with you know any of these symptoms, loss of libido, menopause, um, changes in their body, maybe not feeling as physically attractive to other people, which I think is mostly a mental thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can right. you talk a little bit about? That that whole idea of changing our our um, mental thoughts about ourselves through through hypnosis.
1: Yes, definitely I can. So it, it, hypnosis is pretty powerful stuff. Our brains and the mind body connection are it's like fantastic. So um, from the biology standpoint, we can actually change the way our brain perceives like temperature, and so we can use um, we can use. Hypnosis for hot flashes, and there's been you know multiple studies that have shown this that we can actually use hypnosis to change the way our brain thinks about the temperature. What happens in menopause um, is the uh production of estrogen in our bodies uh drops down significantly. And this does a whole bunch of things. One of the major things that it does is it changes the way that the brain perceives heat right and so when we have a hot flash it's our body is telling us oh oh my god it's hot in here let's cool it off let's activate all the systems that will you know get you to cool things off we'll move your heart rate up we'll get you know the sweat going and so while it's like 70 degrees in the room everyone else is fine you're having your own private summer your body is like trying to protect you and cool you off and so one of the ways um that that is also stimulated is if we're stressed. Um, Again, studies have shown that like, if you have high stress levels, if you're anxious about things, that is often a trigger for um, hot flashes. And so the way that we use hypnosis to address the hot flashes is one, by telling the brain actually is 70 degrees in here, it's not hot, like, let's not let's not go crazy. (laughs) Let's keep it cool, right? So we tell our brain, we retrain the brain um, to realize the actual temperature. And then we also retrain the brain about stress. Okay. Because most of the time with stress, you know, stress is a cycle. And what we're not doing is like releasing the end of the cycle. Um, And so we need to kind of get through the cycle, a lot of times the stress is, there's not, it's not necessarily a a true stress. So we're, we're, we're so worried that, you know, our son is not going to get into the school that he chose or won't get the job, whatever those concerns are. And it's actually not a like real time stress. Your life is not in danger. You're not running from a tiger. Like um, you're actually here and then now and actually, okay. And so we, if we can retrain our, our brain on that area about how to deal with those moments of anxiety, those moments of uh, concern to kind of calm the system, get us back into parasympathetic um, and kind of ease up some of those hot flashes. So that's one of the ways, just one of the ways that we can use hypnosis. Um, but yeah, to speak to the point of the retraining our our mind about like, cultural you know influences on how we feel about our bodies um you know one of the things that i always reference is that our bodies like even if there's flab on them you know like they're carrying you through like without our bodies we wouldn't be here um we don't have to think about how our stomach digests the food we just eat the food and it does it what a miracle is that right Yeah. And so if we can re like think about things and re understand that our bodies are are beautiful, it doesn't actually really matter what it looks like. That's a that's a game changer if we can make that switch. It's hard to do. It's not it's not easy because we've been told for at least, you know, I'm I'm um about to be 50, but we've been told for, you know, 45 50 years that, you know, you have to be a size 6 34, you know, 24, th- you know, yep. the whole, I don't remember what the exact measurements are, but you know, the bikini body, you've got to be blonde with blue eyes and it's perpetually 25 years old. Like it's just unrealistic patriarch, uh, patriarchal um, profile of what a human being is supposed to be and, and what brings value to that human being. Um, but that stuff, and I'm going to use some French here, is bullshit. Like that's bullshit. Yeah. Right. Yes. You know, we are inherently valuable because we exist, and so uh, learning to make that switch in our brains um, is a part of how hypnosis, how hypnosis can work um, yeah. for the behavioral, some of the behavioral things.
0: Yeah and it's it's such a um I actually recently um had a hypnotherapy session oh, and it made a huge change um I was struggling with something uh more just my thinking around um getting feedback from people and it was amazing that when I you know the hypnotherapy I was thinking it was like I don't, I'm dating myself now, but the amazing Kresgen where you got on stage and he made you do all kinds of weird stuff, but you're totally aware of what's happening and yeah. you're having this, you're able to just go way deeper into your thoughts. And it really, it's so empowering to go through that, um, yeah. process. So I, but I had never thought of, do, of, you know, dealing with the menopause symptoms, um, using it. Oh, yeah. so, wow. Definitely. Yeah. But again, you know, because it is,
1: it's. And part of the problem with Western medicine is that we've compartmentalized things, you know, like, okay, this is your digestive system, and this is what you do over here, you got to eat this thing, eat this probiotic, and that will help your digestive system. But it's all it's all connected, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's actually now research coming out, like with, you know, our gut microbiome that the specific... Uh, type of bacteria that lives in the stomach sends messages to our brain that affect our you know well-being and depression and so it's all it's all connected yeah. and so when we have that lens and have that realization it it makes things it makes it makes it a little bit more clear when we understand why um how, and why and how some of these like mind body things can work um for yeah.
0: Us. Yeah, and stop treating the symptoms and treat the whole person holistically. The it really person, has a yeah. huge impact. So that that brings us to the next topic we wanted to touch base on and that's like the importance of self-care. So I know this is a big area of focus for you I'm sure with your patients. Can you talk a little bit about particularly self-care during divorce?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So again, we when you go through a divorce, it is like no no matter if no matter or not if it's a like difficult divorce or a, quote unquote smooth divorce it's a big transition and a lot of times we're so wrapped up in the the process the steps in it that it we don't pay attention to ourselves and i think divorce is actually a really good time to do some self reflection and see what's going on you know within yourself i know like if, you're, if you've been married or um, in a couple with that person for a long time, um, a lot of times we lose a little bit of our identity because we've become, you know, Mrs. Absolutely. Whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so we've lost or, like, kind of put on the shelf who we were before. And then sometimes we didn't really know who we were before. You know, if you've been married for a long time and you got married at a young age – like some of that developmental stuff didn't actually take place because you like got married. And so, um, I have a few clients who are, you know got to that point and they're like, Who am I? Like, I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, Definitely. and it feels very, very scary because you're like in a new place. And so, I think it's always great, you know, like you're the work that you're doing, um, coaching clients. Um, To have a little extra support, you know, because it's like you're out in the, in this wilderness, um, um, to have that support is very helpful. And realizing that that support is um, Mm self-care, to kind of, it's like a pillow, like a a soft pillow where you can rest um, and take care of those needs, figure out who you are, take the time to to. To tap into your authenticity, to feel who you are and um, really realize the the things that you want to do, you know, where are you going Um, and have that space and time to do that. And I think it's um, during divorce is one of the best times to kind of take that moment um, to do that.
0: It it is. It's you know. I always say to people, divorce is not an end. It is a pivot, or it's a transition, and you can you can use it as a time to grow and to expand and to get healthy, whether it's mentally or physically or emotionally or spiritually, whatever it needs to be. In um, in having different tools like the like the hypnosis, uh, like speaking with a doctor uh, such as yourself who who specializes in treating women and holistically treating. Um, right. their patients really sounds like something that would be incredibly important
1: yeah it's very it's it's very helpful you know if it um if it's something that you you haven't done before I'd recommend it for everybody you know to kind of set that time aside a lot of people have not had any therapy have not had any kind of like emotional support for these these transitions that are very difficult, yeah. and a lot of times you know like we think, oh, okay, I have my girlfriend or I have my my you know cousin or whoever um, will be there to support you. But sometimes the, the family and friends, like they, they come in with their, again, their own preconceived like notions. And this is what, you, girl, this is what you need to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like drop that zero. Like, especially if they know like the history that you have with your ex, you know, it's sort of like they have a bias that is not necessarily as uh, supportive uh, to your personal self-care needs, you know, there, a lot of times, and then we have the best intentions, right? But like, we're mad, we're mad for you, you know, we're yeah. mad about what's going on, like, you know, he didn't, he did you wrong. And, you know, all of those things that, that can come with the family, friends, support. Um, sure. Uh, experience. Yeah,
0: most so. definitely. And also, if they've been through their own divorce, they tend to see everything through that lens. Yeah. And even if it, you know, if it was a bad one, they're they're going to be hypersensitive to, you got to get in there, get that lawyer that's going to go after everybody. And yeah. So this has been phenomenal. Um, Dr. Williams, you have shared so much information. I really, I can't say thank you enough. What is the one thing that you would like that golden gem or that nugget of wisdom that you want to leave with people today?
1: Yeah. The thing that I always want to share is that this is not the end. It's never the end, right? If you're still here, like you said, it's a pivot. Um, and the, all of the things, all of the dreams that you have for yourself or that you once had for yourself, they're still very real. Like there are still options um, in terms of getting those things back and having, um, you know, like a sexual life that is abundant and uh, pleasurable. It's still an option. Um, so don't tap out. That's what I always tell people. There are options. There are medical, there's pharmaceutical options that can help. There are mind body practices that can help. There's behavioral change that can help. Um, and there is a support system available to you. So don't tap out. Um, all of that is still there. And I've, I've lived it myself. And so so can you.
0: That's wonderful. And thank you. And I think that's such a positive message because I think a lot of women are like, Oh crap. Like I'm at the <laughs> end now. <laughs> what's left? It's not, yeah. it's not, there's lots left to go. So, um, Dr. Williams, you were kind enough to give a free gift for everybody that will be in the show notes. If people want to reach out and find out more about you or connect with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: So, yeah, you can, um, again, ch- check the show notes. Uh, there's a couple links in there. Um, The website is goodgroove.com. You can reach me on Instagram as well at goodgrooveco. Um, And yeah, be happy to uh, interact and see you.
0: And thank you so much. And I am definitely going to connect with you on uh, social media because I definitely want to follow you and get your excellent words of wisdom from now on. And so, Dr. Williams, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. And I'd like to thank everybody else for listening in to the D-SHIFT podcast. And don't forget to tune in again next week. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-SHIFT podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-SHIFT crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.